Hey guys, we're Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online for your business for less than $500 a month. We have been using the Workplay method to launch visual marketing strategies for businesses all over North America and Europe. If you are wanting to uplevel your marketing, we are giving listeners of the Workplay podcast an exclusive video bonus offer on their first workplace shoot for free when you DM us the word podcast. This offer is valued at $1,500. And again, we are giving this away for free. To claim this offer, go to at Workplay Branding on Instagram and DM us podcast to claim this exclusive free video bonus offer valued at $1,500. That is at Workplay Branding on Instagram. DM us the word podcast. Don't miss out. Welcome to the Workplay Podcast, where we deep dive into how to create a visual marketing strategy that actually moves the needle. Take a peek inside the minds of hundreds of Workplay members who have created successful visual campaigns that have generated millions in revenue. You have to stop the scroll. Like the visuals help stop the scroll. It's not that I'm competing with other attorneys. I'm competing with the person who made the pie for Christmas. I'm competing with the person who just did the viral TikTok dance, right? I have to stop the scroll with my content. And so really other attorneys aren't even my competition, so to speak. I'm like, I have to produce something or have a visual tied to the content that makes someone stop and say, whoa, who is this? What is she talking about? I want to learn more. A lot of people don't think about that when it comes to content creation, honey. You are competing with somebody who is living your best life or the vacation photos and or the beach here in Belize or something like that. And so for me, the visuals are an important component of the overall content strategy for that reason. I like to define success. What would make this successful? Okay, it would make it successful if you have these images. It would make it successful if you have this copy. It's gonna, I like to go into anything that I do and define success in the beginning. And once I've defined success, then I then turn around and say, well, what would, what do you have to do to make this actually happen? And so I create a task list that accomplishes, that goes along with that. And so for me, that's how I'm moving into it. I'm defining success. And then I'm looking at the different moving pieces and parts that I need to accomplish or delegate that's going to help me achieve success with a timeline attached to it. I'm doing all of that in anticipation of the next shoot and what I need to happen next when I'm showing up consistently on online. This is a part of my methodology for success. So it's worth it to me. Absolutely. I was getting sick and tired of seeing the same pretty images that I had before. I was like, these are cute, but you have shown them to your audience several times. So for me, I can get bored with my own stuff. So I know other people would be like, I'm tired of seeing that same image from her. I've literally had the same thought about other people. <laughs> I'm like, girl, it's time. It's time. I haven't seen that since 2021. So for me, that's part of it. It is just staying fresh, staying relevant, having images that are a reflection of the season that I'm in, the different things that I'm doing. It's absolutely necessary. Takora Davis, welcome to the Workplay Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. We're going to be diving into exactly how you use the workplay method and how you take advantage of the process. I want you to tell listeners what your business is and how long you've been in business just so we can get a nice, clear foundation. 
I'm attorney to Cora Davis. I'm a business and intellectual property attorney for experts and entrepreneurs. My goal is to help remove legal targets off of your brand's back. And the way that I do that is by providing trademark support, copyright support, drafting complex contracts, or giving like a complete and total facelift to a business and helping you to avoid those legal landmines. In January of 2024, we'll be in uh, business for seven years. So I'm super excited. And that's a little bit about me and my firm, which is called The Creators Law Firm. I'm curious, what got you into this space? I went to school and I actually have a biological sciences degree and I thought I was going to be an ophthalmologist. Pretty much in my senior year, I realized this sucks. I do not like science this much. And if you want to be a doctor, you really need to love science. I just was thankful that I was getting this degree and I'm like, well, I really can't turn back now. I just have a few credits left. And I was conducting research on genetically modified tomatoes, trying to increase the heat tolerance on them. So it's very random. I was working with an extreme heat thermophile called pyrotoxis furiosis, but whatever. So this is a past life. <laughs> but in that, the midst of conducting that research, my professor, Dr. Wendy Boss, kept saying, we need scientists in Washington. And I'm like, well, why do we need scientists in Washington? And she really introduced the concept of intellectual property to me, where she was saying, we need attorneys who are scientists who understand laws and maybe staffing congressmen on the science and technology committee. I actually had always said I wanted to be a lawyer ever since I was a little girl. And I just thought, I didn't even know lawyers could have different degrees outside of like political science or history or whatever. And so that reignited that passion. And I actually did end up going and working in D.C. for a member of Congress for a year. I thought, yeah, I definitely want to go to law school. I applied, got into law school, and my goal was to actually be a patent attorney. I was introduced to trademarks and copyrights while in law school, and I immediately fell in love. I ended up, after graduating, working as an intellectual property analyst, merged my background of science and law at a healthcare and tech startup, and I was doing a lot of research. Basically, people would submit their ideas, and I would be like the first line of defense, and I would determine whether or not that idea was patentable. But, you know, it took a couple years doing that, and then I ended up working for another lawyer, and I thought, this is my dream job. I'm going to work for this entertainment attorney. It's going to be amazing. It's fantastic. I was actually pregnant with my first child, and it was a total nightmare. It was a hot mess express. He was yelling at me every day, was cussing me out. He ended up firing me. He told me I should work on my body. and No, he said, focus on healing your body. Get over your pregnancy brain. That's exactly what he said to me. I told you he was, oh my God, <laughs> terrible. And I ended up basically trying to apply for a bunch of jobs. Nobody would hire me. I'm like, God, hello, help you girl out down here. <laughs> and I realized the work environment that I was searching for, I needed to create. And so I ended up starting my firm about six months after being let go. So that's how I ended up doing this. Started with not a lot of money in my bedroom closet, a wing and a prayer. It's amazing because about six days after I started the firm, I got this random phone call from VH1 and they're like, hey, we need an attorney to come on this reality TV show called Black Ink Crew. And I'm like, pick me. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. And so just from me stepping out on faith, having huge, like, I mean, I had to have faith 
to make it happen. And this opportunity just met me because I was in a position. So it's a wild and crazy story of how I got to this point. But that's a little bit of the beginning of the Creators Law Firm. And did that VH1 opportunity propel your business or was it more of like, oh, wow, I am legit. And then you went off. How did the business grow from there? So the VH1 opportunity, I was just hitting the scene. And so this was in 2017 and not a lot of people knew about me, but I think the fact that the VH1 opportunity came and then the show debuted four or five months after opening, people were like, whoa, okay, she is legit. That opened up the door. I would say maybe a year after that, Facebook reached out and they did this mini documentary on my firm, random. <laughs> and I got to speak on Facebook's panel. It's called Community Boost. They were like, oh, we see how you're using social media because I had this big Facebook group. And they said, we want to talk about your firm and how you do that. And so that opportunity came. All this organic stuff just started to happen because I was just working really hard. I had my head down and I was really trying to learn my craft. And it was just one thing on top of the next on top of the next. It's interesting how you talk about almost like the typical lawyer experience of going, working for someone after graduating. I feel like there's this huge shift with being a lawyer nowadays. Like before it seemed like that was the typical path where you go to school, then you spend your days, I don't know, from like the outside looking in, in a courtroom, <laughs> office building, whatever. Now it feels like lawyers have almost become online business owners in a sense. Like I'm seeing a lot of lawyers pop up independently. What's going on here? Like, why do you think that shift is happening? One, you're absolutely right with your observation. What's happening is our industry is changing because they drill into your head in law school that you have to go and work for someone else. You've got to basically have these golden handcuffs on you where you work for a large firm. They're going to work you 14 hours a day. That's going to be your life. They're going to pay you a lot of money or maybe not a lot of money. And you just have to choose that path. People have either went down that path and they realized it's not worth it. Or some people like me, I was trying to get a job and it just didn't work out for me, which is fine. I'm so thankful that it didn't work out. But I think people are realizing now that I don't have to do what everybody else does. Further, people are discovering that they can get into some of the practice areas like immigration law or estate planning or trademark law, and they don't have to go to a courtroom every day. So you can dress how you want to dress. You can uh, talk and, and serve clients all across the country, all across the world, and you don't have to be the traditional attorney. And that was my discovery. The tough part though, and a lot of people don't realize this, and it's probably going to knock your socks off when I say it, the average attorney who has a single, like a solo practice, their salary is around 50000 a year. And so what's happening is these attorneys are coming out and they're starting their businesses, but law school doesn't teach you how to run a business, which is the lovely part about Workplay, you can, we can start leveraging some of these online tools to help us learn, like, how do I reach my audience? How do I reach my ideal client? What the heck is an ideal client? Most of us don't know that. We are just very skilled at the idea and the practice of law, but not the practice of business. And I'm curious, what is your ideal client? Because you could go a lot of different directions, it seems like, with trademarking, because every business needs trademarking and copyrights. Right. Do you hone in on a specific 
client yourself? I feel like every year and I would get so frustrated. I'm like, my ideal client is changing every year. And I was like, that's a good thing. <laughs> You're evolving. So for me now, my ideal client generally is a woman owned business making multiple six, generally seven figures. And she may be in the realm of an online coach or having some sort of online platform. Maybe she's also in personal finance, he or she, or people who maybe have an agency type service. So now I'm realizing my ideal clients, and sometimes they're even therapists as well, they have a command on a unique skill set. And many of my clients are actually going out and either preparing others and teaching and training them in that methodology, or they teach a unique topic. One of my clients, she's one of the top course creators on Teachable. She teaches people how to trade stocks, right? And she makes millions of dollars doing that. And so she needs really strong legal. I have another client. She takes her skill set and knowledge and expertise, and she actually enters into government contracts, right? So now my clients are moving away, not even moving away from just having a trademark. What they need is, hey, Takora, I want to license my intellectual property. So now people are look, coming to me saying, we have a unique skill set, unique uh, curriculum, and I want to license that to government entities, universities, schools, or other types of companies. And they're saying, but I need some protection around my intellectual property. So that's what a lot of my clients are coming to me for. Or they say, Takora, I definitely got this contract template drafted years ago, and it's time for me to put my big girl panties on. And I need a legit contract that is customized to my business. And so I step in there. It's definitely evolved a lot of just saying, hey, you're just a startup, which I definitely help startups. But most of my ideal clients, they're pioneers. They're thriving in their industries. They are leaders and people look to them as thought leaders. And they say, OK, I need some protection around my thought leadership. You mentioned that ideal client has changed and I agree. Your ideal client is constantly getting more refined. You're yeah. getting more refined in how you talk to them, how you market to them. I'm curious what your marketing strategy looks like. Cause you had mentioned you've had some organic opportunities come on, but what do you intentionally do in your marketing on a quarterly basis? It's so funny because you know, this might sound a little elitist that I say, but it's pretty easy as an attorney to make a million dollars. I was going to say, because I'm like, wait, I feel like lawyers are constantly in demand. Mm -hmm. This is interesting to me. In my opinion, it's easier to make a million as an attorney and not have really strong marketing. Some people would look at me like I was crazy, especially lawyers who are making my like 50K a year. Like what? So most of my marketing has been organic, meaning I might even not even post consistently on social media. I might email my list intermittently, right? Because most people come to an, to an attorney if they're in trouble. They're like, I'm in trouble. Help me take the pain away. And they're willing to pay a price for you to pay, take the pain away. I'm shifting from that of just not being consistent. But now my marketing is, okay, I'm going to curate content that allows me to show up as the expert that I am on social media. I love carousels. Absolutely love them. And I actually infuse humor into my legal. It's more edutainment to me, right? Because legal stuff is dry. Nobody wants to talk to the attorney. It's the last thing on your list, but it's really incredible if I can make it uh, fun by using some culturally relevant moments, pop culture, a lot of gifs. A lot of gifs. <laughs> a lot I've of gifs. I'm always so entertained by your posts. <laughs> 
right? And being able to do it in a way where people say, oh my God, I really understand the importance of this. This is so funny. Uh, thank you so much for sharing it. So that's my way of doing it. And I think that's why people gravitate to my content because they say, okay, Takora's going to break this down like four flat tires and I'm going to understand after she's finished. You know what? I think it's very powerful when you have a service or product that's in demand, and then you consciously make the effort to create a brand around that because ultimately that is what's going to set you apart. Do you need that to make money? No, but then it becomes more about your legacy and how people are talking about you and how people refer to you, which I think is almost like you have the upper hand in those moments, which is, it's really cool. Why do you feel like lawyers, I know that you are intentional about your brand and you have that mindset, but why do you think lawyers need to be intentional with their marketing? They're always in demand. Why is that important for that? I think you have to be intentional about your marketing because it's your duty. It is your job to show up consistently so people know how and where to find you. Several years ago, I actually discovered, because maybe I'm just naturally nosy by nature, but I discovered there was another young lady and she was pretending to be an attorney. Crazy. She was pretending to be an attorney and maybe she went to law school. I know she worked at a previous law firm. I don't know if she like went to law school and didn't graduate, didn't quite figure that part out. But anyway, she was pretending to be a trademark attorney and she was specifically targeting African-American women business owners. She was taking their money and she was actually not filing their trademarks. And so people don't even realize or understand the trademark process. Naturally, people automatically trust lawyers. They either automatically hate lawyers or they automatically trust them, right? <laughs> it's one or the other. And so a lot of people just trusted her blindly, but she showed up consistently. She was so bold in her marketing. It was almost like she was hiding in plain sight. By way of just me being naturally curious, she actually, one of my clients had went to her after going to me and then the client circled back. And so I began to do some digging and then I discovered this person is not behaving and acting like an attorney. I ended up having to release a public statement about it. I, I did not want to do that. Like, I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody, but I also felt, wow, sh the public needs to be aware. I say that we have a duty to show up because sometimes other people who don't have true and honorable intentions will. There are a lot of people who will promote one thing, do something else. They don't have a pure heart. And now you have people who are innocent. They'll fall victim to that, mainly because they didn't even know that you were there. So for me, it is... People need to know that I'm here as a strong solution, that I can solve problems, that I'm going to operate in integrity, that I'm going to make sure that I steward you well. It's an ethical thing for me that I have a duty to show up for my audience. Other attorneys, they overthink because that's their, their superpower, but it's also their kryptonite. <laughs> So you're overthinking showing up because you don't know if someone's going to like your content. And so now you don't even think, well, I can't make a decision, so I won't make any decision. And that's not good. You need to at least try and get things out. For me, it's also about putting the marketing out there so I can collect data. I like to make data-driven decisions, and that drives the content that I put out. And with that marketing philosophy... Where do the visuals come into play there? Why is that important to add the visual element 
to this showing up consistently, to this putting information out there? You have to stop the scroll. Like the visuals help stop the scroll. It's not that I'm competing with other attorneys. I'm competing with the person who made the pie for Christmas. I'm competing with the person who just did the viral TikTok dance, right? I have to stop the scroll with my content. And so really other attorneys aren't even my competition, so to speak. I'm like, I have to produce something or have a visual tied to the content that makes someone stop and say, whoa, who is this? What is she talking about? I want to learn more. A lot of people don't think about that when it comes to content creation, honey. You are competing with somebody who is living your best life or the vacation photos and or the beach here in Belize or something like that. And so for me, the visuals are an important component of the overall content strategy for that reason. Oh, that is so smart. I mean, I know that you're smart, but that that is like, I don't think I've ever heard it talked about in that way where it's, it's not even your industry. No. It's the next person that's under your post or above your post. Right. So smart. You've done one shoot with Workplay Branding. You're going into your quarter two of content. How are you thinking about your shoots going forward in order to stop the scroll? Oh man. Okay. So I think the first one was like a great trial run. People are loving the photos, by the way. They're like, oh, okay, girl, I see the suit. Let's go. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, wow. I am taking the time now to say, okay, what's the next, what's the campaign? And your method is amazing because it pulls that out. But sometimes it's almost like you got to dip your toe in the water, see what it's like the first time. And now the next time I'm like, oh, okay, great. I have a great idea. And so for me, it is what are you launching? How are you going to use that and lever leverage Workplay to support the launch? How are you also going to make sure that you capital? Like it's a full day. Like the when you guys come, it's like I'm working. Like I'm like, I have to take an Epsom salt bath after I'm done because I'm posing. Like I'm doing all sorts of stuff, feeling like America's next top model or America's next top lawyer. So I have to do all this stuff. So for me, it's okay. What are the things that you want to accomplish quarterly? How does work play? And I've even leveraged like the copywriting service. How is that all going to come together to help you be successful? It's What's really important that I understand, this is not a unilateral thing where everything is on workplay. You have to come to the table having ideas. And so I share my ideas with you all. And then together, our powers combine, Captain Planet, right? Like <laughs> we, we are able to work together. It would be a huge mistake if people just put the onus and everything onto workplay without coming to the table and saying, here are my ideas. Here's what I have in mind. Here's how I want to be successful. Here's my vision. And then you guys take that vision and make like magic out of it. You said it really well. It would be a disservice if we told you what to do and how to do it yeah. because your visuals are so tightly combined with who you are and what you want to put out there. And that's where the authenticity comes from. Mm -hmm. And then we help you execute that. I'm curious what your self-care routine is after your shoots. Yeah. Okay. So self-care after the shoot. First of all, I'm like, I'm not, I try not to schedule a, a lot of things like in the, the morning after. And it would be great if you could even take like a full day off to almost like decompress and then to even think about okay what did we do how are these images going to tie into everything for me also knowing what's happening next making sure okay do you have certain things calendared 
or even getting a massage afterwards. It's it's not just a physical process with taking the pictures. It's mental because you're thinking, okay, I want to make sure I get this. I want to make sure I get that. You guys take a lot of the mental out of it, which is amazing. One of the most taxing things an entrepreneur or anybody can do is make decisions. You all partner with me to help make executive level decisions, which is what I try to do for my clients. Trying to think about the images that you're going to create, how you're going to show up, what you're going to do, what you're going to wear. You guys have, there's opportunities that you offer in the business that will remove that from our decision-making process. And that's amazing to me because I make decisions for myself, my family, my children. I'm making all these decisions and it's tiring. As opposed to being like, wow, I can show up. I know I'm going to wear. I know what I'm going to do. I know all of these things. Self-care for me is delegation. (laughs) So how am I going to be able to continue to show up as my best self? Um, And also, where am I going to go to get my nails done and get this good massage the day after? Those things as well. I don't think people realize how, yes, visuals are so important, but you do have to come very present. You do have to come with your, you do have to be very clear on the direction that you're going with the visuals because as an online business owner or business owner in general, when you go through the workplace process, typically you're the face, which means you have to be the model. (laughs) That's just the nature of it. Yes, we do our best to coach you through it, plan ahead, have our content creators give you a lot of good direction. But at the end of the day, if you don't come with the energy that you're wanting to portray in front of the camera, the camera can't capture something that's not there. How do you come with that energy? What do you think about when you're in front of the camera? You have a very calming demeanor about you. So I'm interested to understand what do you want to portray in front of the camera? How do you come to the shoot with that? Yeah. So one of the things that I did just to help me get more even into that mode is, and I think this is like my secret weapon. I had my personal assistant come with me to the shoot. And so she knew like, okay, we have these outfits. This is what you're doing. So it was one less thing for me to think about. I use this first shoot where it's, you want to show up as a coach for attorneys. Like, how are you actually showing these attorneys that they can work from anywhere, that you can take naps in the middle of the day, you can play with your dog, you can bake cookies with your kids. So I was really in the mindset of trying to communicate visually the outcome that people desire and want. And it's funny because even having my personal assistant there to support, that is something that my business allows me to afford because I have someone who's coming to take care of me. And so a lot of people don't have that or they don't even consider that um, when they work from home or especially women in business, you're thinking you have to do everything. And I'm like, no, ma'am, no, Sam, that's just not my testimony. I'm not doing Um, So I visually showed up not pretending to be somebody that I'm not. I was really embodying who I am, which is let me be able to live my life by my own design. I have a firm. Maybe it's not bringing in $30 million a year like another firm, but it doesn't matter. It gives me the lifestyle that I desire. It gives me the flexibility that I desire. I can I pick my kids up every day. I help them with their homework. I assumed being an attorney that I was not going to be present for my children because that's the lifestyle that they paint. And I just realized I get to have the life that I want 
And entrepreneurship is the blessing that affords me with a pathway for that life. And so I just showed up as who I am. I think my heart also shows through with the photos as well. Mm. It's like let down like this need to perform to be someone that you saw on Instagram. Just be who you are. Show up in front of the camera. I do think that sometimes people get into their head because it's like lights, camera, action. And it's like, what do I do? (laughs) It's like, just be yourself. Just come with that energy. (laughs) Be a good listener. Stop trying to be in control. You're not in control of the camera, right? Mm -hmm. Sophie was my photographer. I'm like, okay, I'm listening to what Sophie's saying. Drop your arm. Do this, do that. And really be connected with your body. I think also it can be difficult. I've gained weight since I've been an entrepreneur. I had a baby. In my head, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I don't look like that anymore. But it's okay. Let me just be comfortable with where I am. Let me wear things that make me comfortable on camera so that I'm not always pulling and tugging at my clothes and things like that. Let me just be comfortable. And so that also helps me a lot saying, okay, these images you need to be able to use and leverage for a long time coming. And that's going to assist you with promoting your cause and allowing you to show up in greater confidence and more consistently without you having to actually physically log on, turn the camera on and go live every day. The images are allowing me to show up consistently on my timeline without me having to actually physically be present to do so, which I'm very thankful for. You had mentioned before that your first shoot was almost like a way to feel it out, right? And I do think a lot of people use that first shoot for that way. A lot of times the first shoot is let me just get new images for my website, for my social. Let me just get base images. That's the traditional model, right? You go in, you hire a photographer, they get these base images for you. But when you're in the workplace method, now you have three more content shoots. They come pretty fast. I mean, it's on a quarterly basis. So how are you going into your next one? What is your planning process going to look like based on off of your marketing that you have coming up. I know that you had mentioned you have a few launches coming up. So how are you thinking about that next shoot? So my next shoot, I'm going to use that to center around the launch of my contract template shop. And so I'm taking a step back and saying how I always ask myself, like, what is the intention behind anything that I do? The intentionality behind it is to be able to serve individuals who are not able to work with me one-on-one. How can I go from one to one to one to many? How can I serve anybody who's just trying to start up? How can I do all of that? And so I'm saying, okay, that's the intention. Also, I like to define success. What would make this successful? Okay, it would make it successful if you have these images. It would make it successful if you have this copy. It's gonna, I like to go into anything that I do and define success in the beginning. And once I've defined success, then I then turn around and say, well, what would what do you have to do to make this actually happen? And so I create a task list that accomplished that goes along with that. And so for me, that's how I'm moving into it. I'm defining success and then I'm looking at the different moving pieces and parts that I need to accomplish or delegate that's going to help me achieve success with a timeline attached to it. I'm doing all of that in anticipation of the next shoot and what I need to happen next so that I can be available. The other thing, even down to not just the content, but what's going to make you feel comfortable showing up? Okay, when do you need to schedule nails and hair, right? When do you need to make sure that the puppy is in doggy daycare? 
Who do you need to make sure is also available to support you and makeup and hair and all this type of stuff? And so that I, again, don't have to worry about those things that would make me not feel as confident. So what's going to contribute to my confidence? But I think one of the most important things that anybody can do is to define success ahead of time and then pack your life around it so you can actually be successful. Are you a systems person? I love systems. Oh yeah, I can tell. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm a systems person and I'm like, oh, timeline, tasks, based off of <laughs> a project that we're doing. I'm like- I need to come in and do like a, a work play, like guest thing where I'm like, here's how I plan for success for my photo shoot. I, I, I'm a, I'm, I even have a checklist, like a shoot checklist where I'm like, I want to, and you guys already did that, but I was like, oh, I want to make sure that we get this photo, right? Little things like that. Cause I know how I want to use the photos. Well, it's, yes, there's so many, I think when you're not intentional, when you're doing creative for your marketing, for your business, if you yourself as the creative director of your business, as the model in the shot, like you're wearing a lot of hats here. If you're not intentional with like your must haves, then you might go through the full thing and it might not even be your content creator's fault. It might just be the fact that you forgot to do like one photo of you looking up to the side, you know? And I think when you're working with a creative team, you have to bring a certain level of, I know I want this because your creative team yes. can't read your mind. Like I, I think that's specific with creative it's if you're working with a website designer, if you're working with a photographer, videographer, like they can't read your mind. Yeah. They can only create from what information you've given them. Not only that, like the decided do, like you have to be decided, decisive. You have to know what you want. And a lot of times entrepreneurs, they have the idea, they get really excited about it and they tell you about it and then they begin to backtrack. Well, I don't know. Should I do this? Should I not? You have to just say, this is the vision. I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to execute. And sometimes what happens is people can get caught up in your indecision and then it turns into a blame game. <laughs> like, it's not my fault that you made a decision and then you changed your mind. If we can just honor the ideas that come to us, I don't believe that visions and dreams come to us that we are not able or capable of actually implementing and executing. There needs to be a hierarchy where you say, okay, what am I going to do first, second, or third? Because some things are distractions. But once you make up your mind, stick with it and then execute fully and just give yourself a shot of being successful. Some of us struggle with seeing ourselves how everybody else sees us. Some of, some people are amazing and they're naturally gifted and talented, but it's very difficult sometimes for the, myself included to see the greatness inside of us. I have to really hone in on the fact that I have 50, 11 amazing ideas and say, no, no, no. What is the thing you're going to focus on right now and fully execute and put your all into and then move on to the other stuff? Why do you think it's worth it for you specifically as a lawyer to do this four times a year rather than once every two or three years like the traditional model? It has to happen because this is the game that I'm playing, meaning that if I'm going to leverage social media marketing and 
having an online presence, I have to have fresh images. That is just the nature of the game that I'm in. If I was an international lawyer or a corporate lawyer, this would not be type of mind for me. But for me, when I'm showing up consistently online, this is a part of my methodology for success. So it's worth it to me. Absolutely. I was getting sick and tired of seeing the same pretty images that I had before. I was like, these are cute, but you have shown them to your audience several times. So for me, I can get bored with my own stuff. So I know other people would be like, I'm tired of seeing that same image from her. I've literally had the same thought about other people. <laughs> I'm like, girl, it's time. It's time. I haven't seen that since 2021. So for me, that's part of it. It is just staying fresh, staying relevant, having images that are a reflection of the season that I'm in, the different things that I'm doing. It's absolutely necessary. I agree. If like you're sick of your images, right. other people are. And maybe it's not even a conscious thing that people are thinking, oh my God, I've seen that image five times. I mean, maybe for some people, but it might just be like a glaze over yeah. that they do because they've already seen it. It's not new to their eye. And it, it goes back to what you're saying at the beginning. You're competing not just against people in your space, but everyone that person is following and every single piece of content that Instagram and Facebook say, hey, I think you should look at this. They don't even have to be following the person anymore to see their content. You're competing against that. Right, exactly. If you could give Workplay members one piece of advice for going through this process, what would it be? I'm already given some really good advice already. One of the best things that I did was having a personal assistant to assist me the day of because I was I had 15 outfit changes and multiple location changes and if you're just trying to manage all that by yourself if you don't have a personal assistant who like comes and helps you weekly like I do you could just totally get on thumbtack and get somebody to come or ask your cousin <laughs> or ask someone in your family I think having that support to help me, someone to take care of me the day of, that was really a game changer because she was like, all right, it's time for this outfit. Okay. We're even having someone to keep on track and on schedule. That was super, super helpful for me. Or if you cannot have someone the day of, is there someone else that you can, is there, are there other things in the process that you can delegate? Maybe it's like, Hey, I'm not really good at doing my makeup. Well, get someone else to do it so you can feel comfortable. Maybe it's, I'm really not good at dressing myself Then hire the stylist, right? you want to show up as your best self. You're making an investment in this program, in the process. So you want to be able to show up as your best self. So for me, it is leveraging others to be able to support you along the journey and delegating as much as you can. Because for me, delegation is a form of self-care. Oh, so good. Such good advice. I mean, you gave such good advice throughout the entire episode. So thank you. Where can everyone find you and see all of this content that you're making inside of the method? Yes, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Takora Davis. That is T-I-C-O-R-A-D-A-V-I-S. That would be the best place and always on creatorslawfirm.com. This episode of the Workplay Podcast is brought to you by Workplay Branding, a visual marketing company invested in changing the way you create content online. In 2019, they revamped the Workplay method and have been using this exact process to launch businesses' visual marketing strategies all over North America and in Europe. Head over to workplaybranding.com to learn exactly how you can launch your visual marketing strategy and cohesive brand for less than $500 a month.